Someone's gotta be too. Okay, well, we don't control our own destiny. You don't know you what that phrase means. That phrase means if all we have to do, all that phrase means all we have to do. No, but controlling our own destiny, the phrase means all we have to do is win out. No, we have to win out, and we need someone to beat Duke for us. That's controlling your own destiny. Welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leland McRae. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Yak Sports Podcast. I'm Joe Deck. Leland McRae is with me as usual. And Leland, let's start this episode the same place we usually start with high school football. Riverheads, uh, they pounded up on Stanton 56-14. to And again, that they were up 56-0 at halftime. They kick off at both halves. Uh, and Stanton got 14 points in the second half, but Riverheads uh, utterly dominated this game and was actively trying to call off the dogs in the second half. Yeah, and and 56 nothing and a half, not scoring in the second half, picking off on at both halves. It's just it was one sided. Yeah, Stanton scored in the second half, but I I think Riverheads, from what everybody told me, Riverheads had third string in even in the first half. So um, a good mixture of players was on the field for those. So uh, not a whole lot to talk about there. I just was surprised 56 nothing in the first half. You know, Stanton has um, talent and, uh, you know, I've seen them fight in some games. In the Fort game, they were fighting. I just was surprised it got that out of hand that quick. Riverheads winning by um, 42 that doesn't shock me, but just that you know scoring 56 points in the first half against a team that has that much chance surprised me but uh that that's about the only note there buffalo gap what surprised me about that game another big number 66 to 42 but allowing 42 points you know i, I was trying i was kind of giving credit that buffalo gaps defense was kind of coming together and that's what they need because their, their offense isn't explosive despite what this score shows um but they just got in a barn burner with wilson and uh you know, credit, hey, Wilson, 42 points on, on the game. You haven't had that many points in a long time. So maybe that's a little momentum for them. But I I don't know. That was just a crazy – that was one of the weirdest-looking scores from Friday. Yeah, it was one of uh, three games, I think, in the state that went over 100 combined points. Um, but Buffalo Gap – What was to, it? Page? Page was in another one. Yeah, so our area featured a lot of them. Um, but yeah. to me – to me, this is almost it, – it's great to see your offense put up 66 points, but it's almost concerning in a win that is as lopsided as this because you gave up 42 points to a team that hasn't scored 42 points all year. Even Waynesboro didn't give up 42 points. Now, we're talking about a, a, the difference of a point, but – Yeah, wasn't it like 40 or 41? <laughs> it was 41, I think, to nothing. Yeah. But still, I mean, you gave up 42 points to a Wilson team that hasn't gotten close to that in a very long time this year. And the team they did is a winless team. So I, I don't know. Uh, to me, Buffalo Gap, I mean, they've got Riverheads coming up this week, and then they got Fort. Those are both must. Well, maybe not both, but you need one of those. If and We'll talk about it here in a minute, but if you want to lock yourself into the playoffs, you probably need one of those. Otherwise, you're going to be doing some some watching around the state and hoping that riders don't come through for Stanton. And this would not inspire confidence for that. If I'm a Buffalo gap fan, I think they gave up way too many points to a Wilson offense that has struggled and is very one dimensional. So I don't know what that means when you play riverheads, which is 
a run heavy offense and if they don't need to pass, they're not going to. So when you play for it, that's a offense that can hurt you in multiple ways. So I don't know. It just wasn't very, when I saw that score, I didn't think, wow, Buffalo Gap put up 66 points. Great for them. I looked at, wow, Buffalo Gap gave up 42 points. What's going on? Yeah, it's surprising, and now you're right up against it. There's no more prove-it time for, or, you know, like convince me Buffalo Gap time. It's put up or shut up these last two weeks. We'll talk about PowerPoints, but, yeah, I mean, you're going to have to do it. Stewart's draft uh, beat Fort Defiance last game. We were at 26-13. Hard-fought game. Fort Defiance has has ability. It's just draft's just better, and I I, I keep coming back to, I think I said that a week ago on the podcast. I said it Friday in, in the predictions. It's just when you look at both those teams and you start comparing sides of the ball, draft's just better. And and I think the 13 points shows that. And, and I don't think that score is tighter than it should be or, or further apart. I think that's about accurate. They're just about twice as good on offense. And, and Fort got something, you know, Fort kept draft in reach by their defense. And we know Fort's defense is good. It's just they can never get it wasn't even one play away. They could just never get those two or three plays to, to go. I mean, it was just a, a couple plays short um, whenever they needed it, extending the drive or this or that. I mean, there was big plays in this game, um, but I, I think the better team won. I think it was it was pretty much um, accurate display of the difference between those two teams. Fort needed uh, each quarter to end with a kickoff really for them yeah. for them to have a chance because yeah. that was the only two times they scored was on their first drive of the first half and then the opening drive of the second half that they got um outside of that uh, 170 total yards in the game 111 of those came on those scoring drives so they couldn't move the ball draft defense was very suffocating it just like you said it just felt like fort couldn't get that play to go their way uh on the other offensive drives including a including a drive that was set up at the 20 yard line uh after an yeah, interception in the first the half part. and when that happened i that's when i was like you know, that's going to come back to hurt them. And it did um, draft. Now it was a game going into the fourth quarter and then draft got in a second score to pull away. And then I, I don't know, the draft really could have won this game by three scores. I'm not sure uh, what, if there was pass interference on that one pick six that they had or not, That's true. Um, that's true. but uh, you know, uh, adversely, I don't think there was pass interference on the one that four got called either earlier in the game. Yep. So I guess, you know, one balances the other, but um, yeah, to me, Fort Defiance, the defense is great. The offense is lacking. And, uh, when you play a good defense like Stewart's draft, you have to be able to put up more points than that because your defense really, despite giving up 26 points, your defense played an extremely hard fought football game. And I felt like it was a, a microcosm of the Riverheads game in the sense that their defense felt like it was on the field for a very long time and their offense just couldn't stay on the field when the defense needed a break. Yeah. On the other side, though, I I don't love Stewart's draft's dependence on just throwing the ball up. I, do, I, don't, yeah. I don't think it's sustainable. Um, maybe, you know, maybe that... The run game worked pretty well, too. I mean, it was a balanced attack, I mean, but it, the run game worked pretty it well. It did. It just seems like they got bailed out by, the, by that play a lot. Um yeah. I, I'd like to go back and really look at it. And then they, and then they went to, even when they didn't convert it and then had to punt or something like that, it's after they had chucked one deep and they really depend on those guys to go up and get the ball. I just, I, I just worry about this, that being sustainable. I, I maybe that beats Riverheads. Maybe, you know, maybe, maybe they but beat Riverheads. The touchdown was on a flag route too. I mean, it's not the only pass play they ran. The touchdown was on a flag route on a third and seven or something. And it turned into a 60 yard pass. 
for a touchdown. I mean, that wasn't a go ball. That yeah, was that, that was the early one, but I just didn't like the, the just throw one up high um, as much as they did it. And like I said, maybe it beats Riverheads. I just like when you get in the playoffs and you get those tighter games come. I mean, in Region Two B, it's going to come quick. You know, second round, third round, fourth round. You're you're in tight games where, um, as as the defense gets better, it's going to be harder to convert. Um, mm-hmm. so we'll see. I I I think Riverheads will be able will be ready for it. Um, and as well as most of the the two B playoff teams in the region. So uh, it's just something I hope Draft can avoid for their sake. Um, that they can you know get get more on first through third down so they're or first through second down so they don't have to right. rely on that on third down right um let's talk about Wayne's for a minute we haven't had a chance on this podcast to talk about it the news broke uh i i after this after we recorded wednesday last or week, I'm not exactly thursday sure. yeah it was wednesday or thursday at least wednesday but um man it's terrible that Wayne's had to forfeit that game against spotswood and and we wish the best for Waynesboro. i know we do and hearing them cancel their jv season you thought okay well, um, they'll have those more kids. That'll really assure them that I have enough kids and they'll be good. We've seen this coming with their roster, looking at it a year ago, knowing they were going to be low on numbers. But for them still to be undermanned, that's just tough to see out there. It's it's not really a good sign, uh, you know, nine weeks into the season that they're having to they don't have enough bodies. And it wasn't a thing about not having enough bodies on the team. It was enough having enough trained. Uh, prepared bodies on the team. They only had four running, four people that could play in the backfield. Everybody else was linemen. So you have to make the right decision for safety. I just, I hate seeing them have to make that decision. I hope this week, I hope for the sake of the matchup this week, they can, they know today. I hope, I hope they firm today. They'll be, they'll be playing. There's no surprises left this week. Um, and then the next week they play what will likely be a winless Broadway. I just like them to have their chance to finish out the season. Do I see a win coming in the season? No, but play out these last two games. You forfeited one. Fine, let's move on. But I, I just hate seeing it for them. I hope they can get these last two in. Yeah, I mean, I don't have much to add on that. It, it stinks that they had to forfeit, and it it stinks that their football program is where it is right now. Uh, doesn't mean it's going to be that way forever. Um, they no. can definitely get more kids out there next year and have a and have a varsity season and maybe a JV season if they get enough. I think that's asking a lot right now, seeing the the struggles they're having to get enough players out there for varsity, but um, I would say let's hope that they get enough kids to not have to be close to that line next year for varsity. What I hate in this debate, and it's the thing that comes up early and we, and we talked about this kind of topic and we brought up this point when we, when we talked about this early in the season, but everybody brings up the video game, uh, competition it's, like it's not i just don't think it's relevant in this no. discussion like does Waynesboro even have a team and and honestly like i'm not trying to paint stereotypical pictures but are the kids that are that into video gaming like really potentially on the football team like are they like are like right what, i think i think they got kids playing basketball like, i think they got kids rest like focused on other sports i think specialization is the worst thing in high school sports especially for schools in this area Talking about VHSL having video games, I think is irrelevant in this discussion about Waynesboro. I think you need to really focus on what you can control. It's this special specialization of sports where these kids get it in their head that they have to only play basketball or only play baseball. And it's just destructive, I think, for the kid. I think it's destructive for these schools that none of these schools in this area are that big. 
we're not four and five and six A schools. There's there's only so many kids to go around. They need to be playing the different sports. It's better for the athlete. You look at all these quotes from college coaches, college recruiters. They don't want kids that have been specializing throughout high school. Now, going into your senior year, maybe you, you focus on one thing your senior year. But when you're younger, you can develop skills for other sports, playing other sports. So I I think that's where you start this conversation. And, and hopefully – Waynesboro can can pull some kids that are interested in sports to the football team. I think that's the, the answer there. And I, I know that. Yeah, I agree. I, I do agree with you on that. I don't think the eSports uh, has anything to do with why Waynesboro is struggling to get a football team. This was a problem yeah. last year. So what was, what was the reason last year that they barely had enough kids? Uh, because eSports was already taking over even though it wasn't a thing? Um, no, it's because Waynesboro didn't have enough kids out there. Um, it's it, they have a problem getting kids to want to play football there. I don't know what it is. It's, but it's not esports. I, and I think, you know, maybe at most I would say two kids would play football that maybe do esports instead, but that's, that's at most two. And I think that's a very high number. Cause I don't think it's and that's two. not, and that's, and so someone, you know, trying to make an argument, well, that would, you know, if that's another running back, that could keep you from forfeiting that game. But that doesn't solve the problem. I mean, you still only have 19 kids or 20 okay, kids. Okay, like, yeah, then you have 20 not, kids, like, so, and then not, as soon as somebody gets hurt, then you can't play. So, yeah, and look at these other, the other sports. You have kids playing other sports that aren't playing football. Start there. I, I think, hopefully build look, excitement. if they want to get into this argument, their biggest problem is the sport. Um, people know more about the sport now than they used to. And th- that's, that's, they're going to be their biggest problem. In my opinion, one, you have more options to do stuff than you ever did before in the 21st century. And two, the sport, because with that information out there, there are a lot of kids and a lot of parents, more importantly, that don't want their kids playing that sport. I'm not going to say it's right or it's wrong. I'm just saying it's a factor. And I think that's a bigger factor than esports. I agree. I think the esports is just so far down the list. All right. Uh, this week we have four defiance at Wilson. That that's we should assume who's going to win that game. Buffalo Gap, Riverhead. That's the game we're going to be at. Um, Riverheads looks to be rolling, but Buffalo Gap, the hot story. Everybody's kind of surprised. They already have five wins. You know, can they? repeat that effort they had against Stewart's draft a couple weeks ago and keep Riverheads within range. And, and then, and then, you know, you get to a second half where it's a ball game, anything can happen. Uh, that, that could be an interesting ball game. We'll be there to call it. Listen on the radio, listen on tune in app. Um, and then Stewart's draft, they play Stanton. I, I, I just don't, <laughs> after last week, I just, I'm not going to give Stanton any benefit of the doubt that they can keep it close. So. Yeah, no. Um, Stanton is going to have their work cut out for him because, again, draft is a good offense. They're going to put up a lot of points, and um, we just haven't seen it from their offense this year. So, I, you know, I feel like I'm repeating myself, so I'm not going to say yeah. it again, but I, I just I would be shocked if this is a close game at halftime. So that gets us to Leland's special projection for power points and playoffs. And uh, every year, I, I at some point, spend a long hours on a weekend or on a Sunday or late at night and, you know, punch in my Excel sheet and get everything added up. So when we get to the end of the season, that Friday night, I can really have a good idea where these PowerPoints lay. And because I have it set up, I can kind of project pretty well too. So Joe, where do you want me to, where do you want me to start with my projections and 
and you can argue as I go. Let's- well, let's just let's start. Uh, let's do class one because we only have one team okay. in class one, and it's pretty self-explanatory. So I got Riverheads, and and what I did for all these projections for each uh, one, uh, class one, class two, class three, and, and in the regions we care about, I basically picked win or lose for every team that matters. And that includes a list of like 36 teams from around the state that I have to choose for the last two games of the season, if they win or lose each one of them, and then what that means to PowerPoints and writers and everything. So I've assumed a lot. So these are my projections as of today. Next week, I'll, I'll tweak them. And then uh, going into that last Friday night, I'll have my final projections. They mean nothing. No, what matters is the final final yeah. DHSL PowerPoints is the only thing that matters. But within these projections, you'll hear what you should care about for your team. So Riverheads, if they take care of business, they are going to be the number one um, uh, seed in 2B. They're going to be the number one seed in two in what? Excuse me, in 1B. Even if they don't completely take care of business, they can lose one of these last two games and still be uh, number one in Class 1B. So nothing much to worry about there. I predict they win win. Um, so I think they're going to have a, a healthy lead in 1B, and that'll also mean they have the highest power points in all of Class 1, and that means they'll be at home until they have to go to Salem. Uh, go, go ahead. Yeah, uh, no, there's nothing there. You're going to disagree with me. So no, they're going to be the top. They're going to be the top <laughs> seed in Class 1, and they're going to win the whole thing because they're just better. Uh, let's right. go to Class 3 next because we got two teams in Class 3, one of which still has playoff aspirations. Yeah, we got Fort Defiance there is really the only team to talk about. Um, I have them winning, winning. I have them beating Wilson. I have them beating uh, Buffalo Gap in that last game, which I do think is a good game. That game could go either way. But I have them winning both and actually getting up to the seven seed in Class 3C. And with all my projections, that would mean they would uh, travel to Heritage in that first game. Tough game, but that whole 3C region is tough. We've seen upsets. We've seen uh, seven seeds beat two seeds before Spotswood lost that way last year. I would be surprised if heritage, uh, takes a fall early in the playoffs, but Fort defiance fans should hear, Hey, you have a chance of getting probably maybe up to the seven seed. Now, even with that, a lot of assumptions, there's a lot of even teams playing on Fort defiance PowerPoints and the teams around PowerPoints. So just because you win both those games doesn't mean you're going to get the seven seed, but it just, you have a chance to, and the way I predicted has them there. Um, it's going to be tight, but you lose one of those games and it, things get really tight for hanging on to the eight seed. So if they lose to Buffalo Gap that last game, they they can still get in, but it's going to be razor thin and every little rider is going to matter. Um, there's a, just going to be like it's going to be um, Western Albemarle still in that uh, area in PowerPoints and Fluvanna County. Those are kind of the two teams. So if you're a Fort Defiance fan, you want to be rooting against those teams and you also want to be rooting against any of those teams (laughs) teams that have played those teams this season which starts to uh to get counterproductive pretty quick because you have some conflicting things there but i have western albemarle losing both their last games and dropping out of the playoffs i have fluvanna losing and then winning in week uh 11 there and i got four defiance winning both so i don't think any of those teams can really catch up to what rockbridge and brookville and ta are doing um, so, uh, I think those are the teams that are kind of focused on in the PowerPoints, Fluvana and Western Almora for Fort Defiance. Wilson, there's, I, I actually did the numbers. If you beat, um, if Wilson goes out and beats Fort Defiance and beats Stanton, then they need every PowerPoint writer helper they can get 
I, it's not enough to worth talking about. It's just they're they're likely out. I don't think mathematically it's official, but after this week, I, I'm pretty sure they'll be officially out. Yeah. Um, you actually, I don't, and forgive me if you said it, um, but I, you have Stanton possibly getting up to that seven line, uh, which would be Fort interesting. Or Fort. Did I say Stanton? I meant Fort. Fort. You said Stanton there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You have. No, I, I, I have a possibility getting there. If it's all depends on right. Sure, sure, sure. It really does. But on base numbers, they can, they get up pretty high on base number. They get about a nine point lead on Fluvanna with a win-win and Fluvanna with a loss win. And uh, then power points, Fort Defiance doesn't get a major amount of rider points because they beat a lot of teams that don't have a lot of win and aren't likely to win down the stretch, but they can hold on to that seven seed with uh, if they get the win-win and, and, uh, and all those riders go the way I say they should. And so then you're, you're going to be playing a good team no matter what. You're, you're probably either getting Spotswood yeah, or Spotswood Heritage. Lynchburg, I think, is the other one up there. Spotswood and Heritage are kind of the two. Yeah, they're going to be the top two teams one yeah. way or the other. Even with a surprise loss out of one of them, they're going to be the top two teams. So, so Fort Defiance, they're going to be a seven or eight. You're going to play one of those two teams. Right. Fort Defiance fought Spotswood very tough last year in that season finale. Now, you might say Spotswood mind wasn't there, but hey, Spotswood lost the very next week. Yeah. So Spotswood's, I, I, just, I think, going to be ready. I think Spotswood is going to be hungry. I Look. For Ford, getting in the playoffs is a big accomplishment. So that's what that's what the goal is. Yes. All right. Now let's get into this mess where we have two Earth. I'm sorry, (laughs) three teams in Class Two, Region B, and possibly two, maybe three, with some help. Maybe. I got Stewart. Excuse me. I got Stewart's draft as the top seed in Two B, even if with a loss to Riverheads. I have that as my projection, I predict they will lose to riverheads. They'll still be the number one seed in two B. Uh, so if they beat riverheads, they'll just have a bigger lead in two B. So, uh, I think that's where Stewart's draft's going to finish based on everything I'm looking at. Buckingham County does look like they will be the second seed and they're, they're behind them close enough for Stewart's draft to pay attention. But I think Stewart's draft gets that one seed in two B. Now where it gets really interesting is Buffalo gap and Stanton down there around that eight seed. I really think those two teams wind up around that eight seed. And if Buffalo Gap is unable to beat Riverheads, which, yeah, I don't, I don't know how many people are predicting that really as a victory outside of Swope. And if Buffalo Gap does fall to Fort, Fort Defiance, which Fort Defiance is a solid team, and honestly, I predict Fort Defiance to win that game. That's why yeah. I have Fort Defiance in, in, in the uh, 3C. Those two losses aren't going to do well for them. And just on base points the rest of the way, Stanton would actually jump them if Stanton uh, loses to draft and then beats Wilson, which seems very logical. Stanton could jump Buffalo Gap by one point just on bases, and then it comes all down to riders. And the thing about Stanton is they have a lot of rider points coming at them because they have teams that they've beat, Covington and TA, that each could win out. Covington has two winnable games the rest of the way. I believe they have William Monroe and mm. Warren County, neither team with a Warren lot of wins. Warren County is horrible. TA, yeah. TA has uh, two winnable games ahead of them. Uh, I forget who they play this week, but the next week they have Rockbridge County. That's the tough game, so maybe not two for TA, but at least one because uh, I think they have Broadway. Mm-hmm. So um, that's eight points just between those two teams that could go – 
Stanton's way there. Then on the teams that have beat Stanton, LCA, um, they have a win ahead of them. Central Woodstock has at least one win ahead of them. Lord Botetot has two wins ahead of them. Fort Defiance, I've predicted two wins for them. Uh, Riverheads, two wins for ahead of them. And then draft at least one. And then you'll share, you'll get the one from Riverheads or the one from draft. Whoever wins the game. That's 17 rider points in those last two weeks that, uh, that Stanton can get. Buffalo Gap's not going to get that. Buffalo Gap has Perry McClure and Bath and Broadway, all these teams that if I'm, I'm generous, I'm giving them all kind of one win. It, it, it's debatable wins for each one of those. You're not going to get win-win out of all the teams there. Um, it's, it's just tough. And, and you have Buffalo Gap maybe getting about 13 rider points the way I look at it. So then they're giving up four points to Stanton to get higher in the, uh, on the rating scale. That's going to separate them from Buffalo Gap. So Buffalo Gap really needs to find a victory in this last two weeks to make sure they're in these playoffs. If they get a victory, they're going to be in. They're going to beat Stanton. But if they don't, they start praying. Yeah, we talk about it. Uh, it seems like every year when we start looking at the schedules and saying, well, this team's got a really tough schedule. We'll see if that helps them, uh, if they can win enough games. And, you know, you're looking at a Stanton team that's going to win what? Three? You project three games? Yeah, I have them win, win, losing. So that's three and seven loss win. Yeah. Yeah. So that's three and seven. And that might be good enough because of the tough schedule they played. Lord Bottertot beat them 77 to nothing. Yes. But Lord Bottertot is one of the best teams in class three. They are going to probably go undefeated. Am I correct? They haven't lost this year, right? The, the, and that's the thing about these PowerPoints is that they don't even like, they don't even matter for that. Like it was 70 to nothing. It doesn't matter. No, it doesn't it's matter a, how bad you lost. They, they lost to Buffalo loss. Gap, but Buffalo Gap, loss. Buffalo, the problem for Buffalo Gap is every single other team they beat. And we've, we talked about this about the midway point when they got about halfway through the season and we were looking and they're like, wow, they got our winning record, but no one they had beaten had a win. And that's when you start to have to look around and go, okay, so we either need to keep winning or we need some of these teams to start winning football games. And that that's the crazy thing about high school football. After you beat a team, you want that team to win as many games as possible so oh, yeah. they can help you out in your PowerPoints. And for Buffalo Gap, that just hasn't been the case this season. They haven't. The teams they have beaten have not looked very good. Stanton, uh, the win against TA changed their season in terms of PowerPoints because, look, uh, I, for the life of me, I can't tell you how they won that game. I, I don't know how. Seeing the Stanton team we saw before that game and then the Stanton team we saw after that game, I don't know how they managed to beat Turner Ashby. But somehow they did, and Turner Ashby has rebounded since that game and rattled off win after win after win, including yep. a huge win last week against Harrison. Or sorry, they lost to Harrisonburg, but um, they were in that football they have game. Good wins all the whole way, yeah. Yeah, and and when you look around and you see just what this team is able to do and the wins they rattle off, that's an impressive win for Stanton. And it doesn't matter as long as they don't as you said, drop both games, they have a legitimate shot to be in if Buffalo Gap can't win one more. Now, if you're a Buffalo Gap fan, I know that feels unfair. You're probably going to have a record that's two games better than them, and you might get jumped by them. But them's the breaks. Those are the rules. Everybody knew the rules coming in. It stinks, but you you have to have a system in place. 
And to be perfectly honest, I don't hate the PowerPoint system that much. I feel like this PowerPoint system is really fair. If you play good teams and you beat enough of them, you get rewarded. If you play horrible teams, you better beat all of them. And yep. and then when you play a good team, you better get at least one win against a decent team. Buffalo Gap, I don't know if Buffalo Gap can say that. They haven't done it yet. Yeah. Because Stanton, I don't, I don't, I mean, Stanton is the best team they beat. Stanton's the best team they beat. And, that's, and Stanton and that's beat TA, who's better than Buffalo Gap. And if they yeah, played TA again, they would probably get murdered. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and look, it, don't get me wrong. If TA played Stanton again, they would get killed, but they don't have to. So. And usually you look at Buffalo Gap schedule, they play Perry McClure, who is just unusually worse this year. I mean, they're not, they're never that great a team, but they usually rack up wins in the Pioneer District. They're not doing that this year. Yeah. So usually they're going to get a couple more riders, and there's probably about even in riders. It just really mm-hmm. comes down to Perry McClure, who's on their schedule being worse than they thought, and Stanton's win against TA. That's the two differences in this. Because Stanton's loss, or Buffalo Gap's losses, Clark County, East Rock doesn't look that great, but okay draft and riverheads like that's a list of pretty solid teams that's like you know mid-range and up uh teams in, in all those teams rate regions so I, it's just it does come down to the little details but this powerpoint system i think year after year does give you the best teams in the playoffs and maybe around eight nine you have an argument but i i don't have any eight or nine seeds have won the state championship i think christiansburg not that long ago made a run from low um Waynesboro yeah. made a run back when it was still the 16 seed mm-hmm. uh, deal in the East and West, but it just doesn't happen that often. And are are, are you going to tell me that that Stanton or Buffalo Gap is is going to be cheated out of a chance to win a state championship? I, I'm not going to be no. convinced of that. They're they're not going to they're going to be cheated out of a one playoff game because neither one of those teams is going to beat Stewart's draft. Stewart, yeah, Stewart's draft. I I, I know Buffalo Gap played him close, but they're not going to beat him. Yeah, I want to know more about this Buckingham County team. That's that that's that mystery team that jumps into this two. Uh, I was gonna that, say that's uh, the I crazy thing. Everybody about. in the James River districts in Region A, except for Buckingham, they're the they're the one team that got thrown into Region B. It's it's weird. It is. But weird. next week I'll have more predictions. I probably won't go into as much detail. I'll probably get focused on what you need to be watching for. Um, I think the top of these regions are pretty figured out. It's either one or two teams that are gonna want to win each one of these regions. Uh, it seems like everybody's five or six seed. Uh, that seems where it's the closest um, margins. I You've been saying you think TA and Rockbridge are going to play back-to-back weeks. My predictions don't have that happening, but, I mean, my predictions could be a little bit, you know, a little bit altered, a little bit wrong. I actually have them finishing four, six. I have TA beating that Rockbridge team in, uh, in the last week of the season there, and I have TA okay. playing Brookville, and I have LCA playing Rockbridge. Okay. I don't know about that, but okay. Um, wow, I don't know about TA beating Rockbridge, but okay. I hope. Not everyone knows how much of a big Rockbridge fan I am and how much I would hate to see them lose to TA, but yeah, I just don't think that's going to happen. I'm going to hold that prediction, too, just so, just so you're aware. When we get to week 11, next week we're making predictions, mm-hmm. I'm picking it. Okay, that's fine. You, you do you. All right, volleyball. And we have the same story throughout the whole season. We knew Fort Defiance would be good. We figured Riverheads and Wilson would be good. And uh, that's the way it's going to end up finishing. There's still another week to the season. But uh, Fort Defiance is going to win this district. Riverheads and Wilson are uh, battling out here at the beginning of the week to see who uh, can maybe claim that second uh, spot on their own. Then Wilson and Fort play later in the week. 
Um, some surprises would have to happen to kind of make things get too confusing, but it does really look like Fort Defiance will wrap up the district early in the week with a win over Buffalo Gap. And then um, whether they take care of business against Wilson or not, they would still have the best district record. So each one of those teams going to the playoffs, Fort Defiance and Wilson get shoved into 3C and they kind of have where each district gets um, represented in the region playoffs and it's not just to the T of PowerPoints and then there's a wild card. I'm, I spend my time on football PowerPoints, not volleyball PowerPoints. So listen to Cody Elliott from DNR. I know he has uh, he knows how it's going to go down there or, or how at least it's supposed to go down and he has his predictions. Um, uh, he has he, he, that's who I listen to. Uh, he thinks Wilson can get in as that wild card. It seems crazy that they would have to be in a wild card situation there. So that's what's so important this week for Wilson to actually beat Riverheads at home and then uh, see what they can do against Ford. If they knock Ford off, then um, that just puts them pretty much solid into that wild card spot. Um, but you're still going to have to see what happens there. I think they're going to get in, and so does Cody. Um, and then getting out of three C's tough. As Fort Defiance, they've been there for a while. They know how tough it is. Uh, Rockbridge County, a dominant force down in there. And then a lot of those Valley teams that aren't as good this year, but still dangerous. Uh, Riverheads, though, in Region 1B, very clearly the number one seed there. They'll host a lot of games. Um, they're going to get their biggest challenges, you know, deeper in the playoffs mm -hmm. into states. Not saying that 3C isn't going to get challenged uh, in states. They will. It's just the challenges start sooner. But that's been the class of volleyball all season, and that's what we've been saying. Uh, interesting to see these results from this week, particularly Wilson, who goes up against Riverheads and Fort. Um, and uh, a lot of these games get taken care of where people can still trick or treat. So that, that's what's important this week, right? Right. <laughs> All right. Let's talk baseball. Okay. Um, so the Nats won the first two games of the series. Uh, as I predicted, the American League Park favored the Nationals. They could ride those starters deep into the game. Um, the crazy part was game one, Max Scherzer actually didn't go very deep. Uh, the Astros got his pitch count up. They just couldn't score. Uh, that was a problem in the Yankee series, too. They didn't have timely hitting. Um, and then the Nationals got the timely hitting, and they they ended up winning that game one, which was a really good game. Game two was a laugher where the Nationals ran away with it. Uh, and then we go to they go home up 2-0, and it starts to come apart. Game three, they just didn't have the bats. Game four, they got beaten in a laugher. And last night's game was a laugher. Um, yeah. Last night's game, there was some interesting umpiring going on behind the plate. I know Nats fans are upset about it, uh, but I think I, I didn't see anyone blaming the loss on the umpires, which I would agree. The umpiring was bad. There were times where, I, frankly, I don't know what the umpire was thinking when he made his call, but the reason they lost that game is they couldn't hit, and Joe Ross had to pitch game five. When you throw Patrick Corbin out there in the bullpen, that's great. Hides your terrible bullpen that you have. But it means when Max Scherzer has neck spasms and can't go in Game 5, you have to throw Joe Ross out there, who, frankly, should not be pitching in a World Series, period, let alone starting. So that happens. Um, it's just the third time in the history of the World Series that the road team has won each of the first five games. Bad news for the Washington Nationals. The road team has never won every game in a World Series ever in the history of it. So... They're going to have to make history if they want to win this thing. That being said, 
game six is tomorrow uh, or today by the time you're listening to this, maybe. Um, but I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility for the Nats to force a game seven. Uh, they they do have Strasburg going in game six or Scherzer if he can go. And hopefully Scherzer can go six or seven. Um, and if that happens, I yeah, I give the Nats a puncher's chance. They're going to have the DH. They're going to be able to hide that bullpen as long as these starters can go as long as they can. The question is, can they silence the bats that woke up in D.C. when they went to when they got home? Because Houston started to really wail on the ball. George Springer and Carlos Correa and Chirinos um, just homer, homer, homer. I mean, Chirinos, especially in game three and four. That guy's a giant. Absolutely destroyed the baseball. And so they have to figure out what they're going to do when they get to Houston because that crowd is going to be re-energized. That that crowd, if you would have played a game three in Houston, uh, would have been feeling pretty bad. They would have been feeling pretty down. Um, But now they know their team has a 3-2 lead. They need one win in the last two games at home, a place that in the regular season the Houston Astros almost never lost. So... Yeah, the Nats are going to have their work cut out for them, but it's possible, and yeah, they they've got the starters to, to do they it. They their work cut out for them when they went down there the first time. Yeah, no, so, they do. I um, think anything can happen from here, but obviously the Astros have the advantage because they have one more game yeah, and, uh, and of a win. So. They're a better lineup. Um, it's not that the Nats' yeah. offense is bad, but uh, if you're asking me position by position which one I'm going to take, I'm going to take more Astros than Nats. Uh, so, and it's not a slight against the Nationals. They're a good young baseball team. But, I like those young guys. But yeah. that bullpen, Houston's bullpen is good. You've seen that. Washington's bullpen is a train wreck, and you've seen that. So it's the the thing that is going to come back to hurt the Nats is the thing that I was gonna I thought was gonna hurt them earlier in the postseason, and they managed to get big enough leads to hide it, or they went to Patrick Corbin or Anibal Sanchez or some other starter to mask Exploded it in the ninth. Yeah. yeah. So um yeah, or got a ball to bounce past a, a right fielder and score yeah. and win the wild card. So it's interesting. Um, this has been a great series in terms of not each individual game, but just the back and forth of it. Um, the Nats are up 2-0, and I'm thinking I'm going to have to prepare for a Nationals World Series championship. <laughs> and then the next three games happen, and the Nats just, I don't know. It's very D.C., sports fan for your team to have a 2-0 lead come home for the first world series game since 1933 and just watch them lose the next three games at home i i've i've enjoyed the weekend um i really there was a time in my life i would have been up there this weekend probably not in the game but at least in the ta- in a town be around it um I, i've known a lot of people i've seen pictures on facebook and uh my the guy that pays me my boss uh he got to go kept asking him if he needed help with that. He kept not really answering the question. But, uh, yeah, a lot of people got to go up there for that. That's a great thing. Uh, it's a bucket list kind of thing. Um, it's a shame they lost all of them at home. Um, but hey, made it this far. That's no no moral victories at this point. You were up to nothing. So if you lose, you lost it. You know, the, if, the moral victory is that you made it as if you just kind of get beat the whole way and is, hey, we won the National League. But, no, they were up 2-0. They were, <coughs> they were in a great position to win this thing. Um, so far it looks like they haven't got it done, but Hey, when we talk next week, we'll know what, what's happened. Hopefully the Nats can at least force that seventh game and and really make something fun, uh, for Wednesday night. And that was Leland actually coughing, not making a choking pun, uh, for national (laughs) fans. 
Yeah, that was natural. Um, all right. NCAA football, Virginia Tech was off on Saturday. Thank goodness. Uh, so, yeah, it was it, it kind of <laughs> After that six-overtime game, I needed a break. Yeah. I And I had a lot going on this weekend. Uh, not caring as much about college football yeah. on Saturday. I still watched some. I still tuned in to this and that and watched it. But it was good to just be able to cut cut away and not worry about being in front of the TV at 3.30. They have Notre Dame coming up 2.30 next week on NBC. Um, Notre Dame lost. And so are they going to rebound and pound on us? Are they going to still have their heads in the, down and still be drenched? We'll see. I, I'm just not a believer in Kelly. And I, I know I was picking on him a week or two ago, how miserable a guy he seems to be, but I just don't have faith in him. So I, I'm hoping a little bit of that helps us out. Maybe we come out firing and our defense is playing well. I mean, I, I gave us a chance, but I don't, I'm not optimistic. And, um, we went over there and won a couple years ago with this coaching staff. I, at least Not we uh, hookers though. coming back. Yeah. I just, I give us a chance and I have hope, but I, also I know in the third quarter that I could uh, be happy if uh, there's other entertainment in the house while the game's still on, obviously, because a lot of teams go and play these top 10 teams and, and don't, don't do too well. I know UVA hung with them for a while the other week. I think UVA was playing pretty good football then. Um, yeah. So I, I'm hoping we can play pretty good football and put ourselves in a position. But I, I'm I'm not projecting that necessarily. I'm just hoping. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I, I don't think we're going to beat Notre Dame, but I would just like us to be in the game for as long as possible. That that would be success. And nobody gets hurt. Nobody important. I mean, if we're hurt. if we're in the game in the second half, I'll be believing. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll I'll, I'll convince myself. Three. Yeah, if we're going to the fourth quarter and it's a one score game, I'll I'll yeah. start talking myself into yeah, we can win this. But uh, just nobody get hurt. That's that's the I, goal at, at South Bend this week. I thought when they played. Oh, and also, year, sorry, go ahead. Last year was when we played Notre Dame at home. Mm-hmm. I thought we were a better team at that time. Uh, I don't know if it's accurate or not now that we look back because who had we beaten last year? I thought we were a better team at that time. I think we're coming off an ODU loss, so I thought we were motivated, and we really got pounded on. I think Notre Dame is probably about the same, about Mm. the same kind of team. So that's what kind of scares me, but we'll see. Um, We'll we'll talk about this here in a second, but you keep saying Virginia Tech controls their own destiny, and they haven't until now. They do now. They They do do now now. because they didn't have to play another football game. Yeah, we had a bye week, and (laughs) man. We caught win after win on that bye week because we caught every win we needed. And Duke we also, lost, Pitt lost, UVA lost. UNC so. caught the the running back t jump pass that was the stupidest play call I've seen since Seattle threw the ball <laughs> up on the goal line. I mean, it was unbelievable, and I was watching that one live. Uh, yeah, it was crazy. Um, I was going to give you crap because I know our argument last week. I just, I wasn't worried about Duke. I knew, I know technically we didn't control our own decision. I just, I know Duke, Duke isn't very good. And so I, I just knew they got out of our way. I see those games against Pitt and UVA ahead of us on our schedule. Uh, Wake is an important game too, but those, uh, those other games are game. head up against teams on our coastal side. So I just, I just was already there mentally luckily I got bailed out with what, with what everything. Yeah. Now <laughs> we do control our own destiny and you can say those words and it can be true. Yes. I'm not saying it now. I've already said it for at least two more weeks. Um, <laughs> until, until we screw it up <laughs> until we play another ACC game, probably against wake forest, because hey, here's the thing. I'll be it. I'll when be it, it that one, when a team has controlled their own destiny, 
that is when the season has gone off the rails for said team. So we are now in the most dangerous place in the coastal. But I think historically for Virginia Tech football, I think it's kind of done that too. Like, yeah. Nothing. I just when you say that phrase. I go back to 2003. We coming off a big win against Miami at home. One of the best games ever to take place in Lane Stadium on the list. I mean, I know people debate it, but it's it's up there. It's in the top three. Um, and then we just lay eggs the rest of the way. And so, uh, yeah, I, I have some heartache about in the past when we've controlled our own destiny. I don't know how great we are. We're not great. I don't know how good we are. Maybe we're not good. But I just, I'd like to optimize what we can do. And I'm not being selfish. I, we're I'm coastal. not saying we have to make the ACC championship. I just want seven wins. I want the, I want the month of practice because, man, we need it. We're coastal. That's what we are. And so is everybody else in that division. Um, speaking of UVA, we mentioned they lost. They lost 28 to 21. UVA is a, that weather report, when I saw it, I was like, that's bad news for UVA because they're a team that is horrible at running the ball. And that weather is you better be running the ball or you're not going to have a fun time. And sure enough, they didn't have a fun time. Um, Louisville my, ended up beating them. There. Yeah, my thing there is I wasn't watching it. And I've done that a lot this season with UVA. I've not been watching them. And then I cut it over there. And then that's when they go on their run against Florida State. Or that's mm-hmm. when they, you know, start playing good. So I cut it over there. They're down two touchdowns. Like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll turn over there for a minute. And uh, immediately they, they're down 28-14, under a minute. Okay, I'll just watch the end of this. Watch this rain sideways. UVA scores. UVA kicks off onside kick. They get the ball. I immediately change the channel. <laughs> I just get off there. I was like, nope, not not yeah. here for that. So luckily my channel changing did what it was supposed to, and Louisville closed it out the rest of the way. But, man. <laughs> UVA UNC is a big game. That could that could potentially be an ACC championship game elimination game. Uh, the loser of that is going to have a really hard time getting in there now. Yeah, they'll have to do a lot of their own and ask for help. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be uh, and that's like a rivalry game. That's you know, what's the nice way of saying it? It's like souls there. I think you know. I think it's the equivalent school from North Carolina and uh, to uh, each other in Virginia. Like, Duke might have something have to say about that, but sure. Some common traits. No, I mean, they, these are state schools, bigger schools. Duke's a small little private school. I think walking yeah. on the campus of, in Chapel Hill, walking on the campus in Charlottesville, I, I find a lot of similarities. So okay. We'll see who, who wins. Mm, okay. JMU, I, I, they don't play on sports this coming week because they have a bye. So th- this coming week when we don't see them, it's not just because they're on flow sports. They uh, have a bye against New Hampshire. They beat – um Towson last week 2710 it was on flow sports so I didn't see any of it my brother saw it he went um it was homecoming uh he had a good time he said Mike Flacco yeah. Mike Flacco didn't have a great game for Towson but that probably had something to do with Jamie's defense being as good as it is um but yeah he said it was it was a CAA game uh he, and him and I share similar opinions about JMU being FCS so uh, it was funny because he said, this is your run of the mill yawn fest. Uh, we're playing an FCS team that we are clearly better than, but we have to play the game because it's on the schedule. So, uh, I saw JMU sports blog post something uh, along the lines of there are five teams in FCS and everyone else is utter garbage. And JMU was in their list of five. We'll see when the playoffs happen. JMU has had enough games and enough moments this year where I've scratched my head and been like, that really shouldn't be happening. 
Uh, so we'll see if we're one of those five. I don't, I don't know if we're a semifinal team if we play like we have in some of these games. Uh, Stony Brook comes to mind. But, so, so I guess we're the fifth team. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. we'll see. Um, th- they could very well win the CAA for whatever that's worth. Um, the one thing that I noticed that thought made me think of JMU this weekend is they had game day up at uh, FCS school up at South mm-hmm. Dakota State, right. and they played North Dakota State. And uh, hey, I, I thought it was cool you watching that game day for a couple of minutes because the crowd it is in Harrisonburg when when game day comes. So that's uh you know props to Harrisonburg and JMU for when game day comes. They show up and it's a big crowd. It's a good atmosphere, and that's what game day likes. When they went up there to South Dakota State, it, it was fine. I'm not. I'm not trying to just I say it is talk trash. It just wasn't as good as what JMU does. So it, it was. It was cool to see that. Uh, and and in the comparison, but uh, it's a smaller hey, I, school. I like the- it's a hour earlier. Um, yeah. An nobody earlier. Nobody lives in I South mean, Dakota. At JM, <laughs> that that's a good argument. But JMU, I mean, everybody's there at like 6 a.m. So an hour early, I don't care. It was a great crowd at JMU when they the two times they've been there. Um, I like that game day goes to one double A schools here and there because um, I, I think it is part of the f- college football map. Just don't do it on a on a weekend when there's a obvious better game. I I didn't see what was the obvious better game that didn't include teams that game day had already been at this year. So yeah, if Notre Dame I, hadn't cool. uh, or if uh, Michigan wasn't so bad. Yeah, they might they have gone there. there. If yeah. if Wisconsin hadn't lost to Illinois, they probably would have been in Big Ten country. Yeah, things got to go right for the FCS teams to get, but it went that right, and and it showcases a different school, and that, and that that's fine. NFL, I really haven't watched any NFL this weekend. Sunday was not a day for football. Uh, for I watched me. a little bit of Red Zone, Steel- but yeah. While while we're recording, the Steelers play Monday Night Football, and I don't think I'm going to cut it on when I get done recording because we were down 14 nothing when I last looked at it. So. Um, to Miami, the team that is trying to lose, apparently our uh, quarterbacking, I, I hope he's not concussed anymore. I hope like that's not a factor in him playing so poorly early, but, uh, I just, I, 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 you tried to talk me off of being down about the Steelers earlier this year. And even after Roethlisberger went down, you're like, I mean, there's still be decent here. Like, no, like, it's just, we're moving on. We need to evaluate talent, get a guy through, see if Rudolph's going to be any kind of future and move on. I mean, it's just, it's not, a, it's not a big season. It's been proven true ever since. Yeah, and the Ravens have looked actually pretty good. Uh, I would be shocked yeah. if we didn't win the division now because Cleveland's falling I apart because partly in due to a tough schedule when that Cleveland has. <laughs> Cleveland has a tough schedule, so they've been losing games left and right. They haven't been playing well. Redskins lost, by the way, um, for our local fans, in case you were wondering. Uh, they lost to Kirk Cousins, which I'm sure was extra painful. But... Um, Steelers game is fourteen ten now, so maybe they'll still pay out. Yeah, they're win, gonna but... they're gonna find a way to win. The Dolphins never play in the second half. Um, but <laughs> take people from the stands and put them out there. The the coach goes in there at <laughs> halftime and says, "What are you guys doing? Lay down. Let this team win. We're not about winning here." Um, but no, the Ravens will be fine. We'll be in the playoffs. I don't know what'll happen when we get to the playoffs, but we'll be there. So, hooray for us. Uh, we're all gonna lose to the Patriots eventually who's actually the team we play coming out of the bye week. So not great. I'm so sick of the Patriots. Well, tough. They're going to win. All right, let's get out of this block. And in our B block, no interview, but we are going to dive into college basketball. (laughs) 
Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we're back at the B block. And as Leland referred to, you get more of me and Leland. So let's take a look here at the ACC. Um, again, UVA, last year's national champions, projected to finish fourth in the ACC, which is interesting because, frankly, I don't know. I, I have seen them be picked lower in the ACC, which I consider fourth lower, um, more more years, uh, especially recently, and they always seem to be right in there in contention. So they won the national championship last year, which I didn't think was possible. I, I think they're going to have a good team again this year, and I think they're going to win the ACC. I think fourth was a crazy prediction. Uh, Jeff, do not adjust your listening device. Uh, you did hear that correctly. I think UVA is going to win the ACC, and I... Um, I think I differ from you here because because I have them winning the ACC, I think they are a one seed heading into the NCAA tournament. I don't, so I'm going to stay true to myself and and not uh, jump on that. I think UNC has a lot of freshman talent coming in to pair with some of those guys that have been there a couple years, that they're dangerous. And then I just kind of assume that Duke has the, the weapons they need. I know they have Trey Jones coming back and then a load of freshmen that'll probably all be starting. And uh, I don't know... You know, who's going to be the best? The carry kid's supposed to be good. The hurt kid, which you know, maybe he's great. Um, but I don't know. I, I think uh, they still have that white kid coming back from for the shooter for Duke. Um, so I think one of those two teams will probably get it done. But that's the easy answers in the ACC is saying Duke or North Carolina is going to win it. I, I just don't look at UVA's lineup and see them winning the ACC, I think they will be a big factor in it. I think they'll cause problems. They'll, they'll beat a Duke or North Carolina at a different time. I just I think by the end of it, they won't win the, the conference like they have these couple times they have. Um, I, I think they just lost too much talent, and, and they were that steady team that had played together and in, in the system with Kyle Guy and uh, Hunter and Jerome, and those guys are gone. And uh, I know Dikite, uh was – trying to get out of there but came on back but but then it's a bunch of other guys that i i i mean the key kid's good but i don't know uh other than that they'll I have new players for you about. they'll have new players for you to hate next year that'll be really good oh they always and it doesn't matter who they are it doesn't matter if they transfer from Virginia tech then i'll hate them even more so yeah oh, i'm yeah. not gonna like uva i'm not picking uva to win it but i do i do think they play a factor they're gonna be there's going to be some big games happening in Charlottesville. That team, it's just a, it's a good system that keeps them in games, that keeps them um, battling. I just, I don't see the championship banners coming out of, uh, out of what they have. But I, I think they have the, the core there to, to get back to a good spot in the years to come, since it's been proven that they can win a national championship with that style. It's, I'm not going to say it's impossible. So I just think Duke or North Carolina probably leaning towards North Carolina just because there's a couple more names that I recognize on that roster. Uh, I think one of those two teams wins it. Yeah. The um, ACC. ACC. Yeah. No, I was going to say, I'm not going to predict them to win a national championship. No. no. They're going to be pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I don't know. I mean, I agree with you that Duke and UNC are obviously going to be up there, but I, I do. I think UVA is really, really good. And when I see, you know, some of the people they put ahead of them, you know, the Louisville's and those kind of guys. I just, I don't know. I, I need to see Louisville do it. And I haven't. And I, that team last year was a team that, frankly, when Virginia Tech lost to them, that was probably one of 
the most infuriating losses for me because I don't think I, I just didn't see it, but I don't think Chris Mack is that good of a coach. And I don't think he's going to get his team rolling in the ACC by any stretch of the imagination. I agree. I agree with that. Let's talk about the Hokies. Uh, okay. We have a lot of holes to fill. We have a new we coach. Do. We got uh, who's been recruiting like crazy, but not every one of those guys are ready to go yet. Uh, you know, recruiting for the future. We also have a transfer in that has to sit a year, but we should have Nolly on the court. I think that was a guy that could have even, you know, helped us a bit last year. I don't know how much further we get with him in the lineup, but could have helped us. Um, we have uh, BD back. He in, entered the transfer portal when we had no coach and then ended up coming on back. We got PJ Horn back. Uh, but then other than that, a lot of new faces, uh, solid recruits. Um, the Cone kid's going to be good. Um, the Aliene, uh, I don't know how to say his name right. He's, he, I think he's going to be a solid guy, a good guard for us. So, you know, in this basketball team under the new coach, Jan, you know, we're going to get some good guards coming in and we're going to need good guard play. And in the ACC that can work well. We just, we need to find good, you know, power forwards and, and centers to, to be a part of it. It's really hurting us that Kerry Blackshear transferred. You know, we lose Who's that? Uh, Alexander Walker to the NBA, lose Justin Robinson to the NBA. That's, that's fine. That's standard operation, but losing Kerry Blackshear going to Florida. I don't know who that like, is. He's one of the best players in the sec this year coming in the season. If we could just have him on our lineup, we would shoot up the ACC projection rankings instead of being picked to be last. But that said, no one we got young guys, no one we got the young raw talent. We're not finishing 15th in the ACC. We're going to finish ahead of some teams. I don't understand why we get dropped all the way to 15th when teams like uh, Pittsburgh, who I have no faith in, Clemson, Georgia Tech, I mean, any one of those teams, at least one of them, <laughs> we're going to beat. Wake Forest, what have they done? Like, I think we're going to finish in front of at least one, if not multiple ones of those teams. And I'm hoping even we over, I mean, I'm an optimist. I, I hope we somehow find the NIT. I know the NIT is harder to make than it used to be because they take less teams. I just hope we can find a way to be playing postseason basketball that actually gets shown on the TV. If we can play any postseason, I don't care. If the, if the CBI invites us, we go because we need the however many more weeks of practice. We go get those extra weeks of practice because you're playing games, your preparation, you have the young guys, you need that practice. But I just would like to do it in the NIT so I can watch it on ESPN and 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 know that it's a great step in the right direction and it's not a as major of a fall off from where we were last year. Uh, I disagree with the CBI. I don't think the CBI helps you. I think the CBI is a waste of everyone's time. It's a goofball tournament that shouldn't have been invented. Uh, and no, I no it. coach is going to agree with you on that. I mean, it's like making a bowl. It's like not going to a bowl game. You need that extra practice, and especially with teams full of freshmen. You need that extra practice. You need those extra two or three weeks. You can get a lot out of. It's a goof tournament that it shouldn't exist. It exists for all these horrible, horrible basketball teams just to play more games. It's offensive. Um, I'll take it. I, it shouldn't I'll take exist. anything. Shouldn't exist. Um, but yeah, I mean, 32 teams make the NIT, Leland. I, I feel like that's been that way for a while now. I, I do think Virginia Tech can be one of the 32 best teams outside of the tournament. I, I, I think they're going to make it. Uh, um, the NIT. I, I think this is the ninth or 10th best team in the ACC. So to me, the ninth or 10th best team in the ACC is wow. going to be in the NIT. Uh, you, you rattled off some names there that I agree with you. Pitt, Pitt doesn't even really have a basketball program. 
they're bad. They they pick some students out of class, put a jersey on them, and tell them to go dribble a ball. Those kids are horrible, horrible basketball players. They are not going to win very many ACC games. We are going to pound pit into submission. Um, Clemson, Clemson's going to be a big measuring test, right? If we get housed by Clemson in the ACC opener, then yeah, I reevaluate what we are. But if we're in that game or even win that game, then yeah, I think Virginia Tech is an NIT team, and I think they're going to be competitive, a middle-of-the-road ACC team in the middle of the pack. Um, what worries me about Clemson off the bat is that we're playing. We're going to be starting freshmen in that game, and yeah. I don't think they're going to start one freshman in that game. So I just hate playing that game in November. I wish we could play that game in January, where what we have some season under our belt. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I think it is a measuring stick. I agree with that. I, I think it's fine. These freshmen nowadays play AAU tournaments everywhere, and I don't know how much that matters anymore. It's definitely a factor, but I don't think it's as big of a factor as it used to be. And I know we're not getting McDonald's All-Americans or anything, but we do have the number five recruiting class in the country, I think, right now. So we're doing a pretty good job. We've got some pretty good basketball players. And I think some of our basketball players... Year, though, isn't it? Are we number five for 2020? Uh, okay, that's fair. But what I'm we saying is... All right, but uh, what I'm saying is, and I, I do want to know who at Virginia Tech peed on the NCAA's doorstep to where we don't get any of our people approved for transfer. The kid from Wofford apparently didn't get approved, I think you said, uh, Friday night when we well, were talking. Well, he a year, yeah. Well, I don't understand that. Why? he His coach left Wofford to come to Virginia Tech. He went to the same exact program that his coach did. Why can't he play? Man, I, I can't begin to... Is it because our name's not Kansas? Because that kid from Houston them. that went to Kansas can play. Is it because our name's not Kansas? Do we have to pay them like Kansas is paying all these shoe companies to get our players to play? I mean, I don't know. I just think if the NCAA is going to get real about something, maybe we get real about the FBI investigations going on, and maybe we hand postseason bans out to those programs. And I don't know, maybe you deny the transfers because maybe something's fishy going on. But obviously, it's not about fairness in the NCAA. Uh, so that's accurate to get back so to the who, point on the national table. Who are you looking at? I don't know. Um, to be honest, I didn't do my homework for this, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, look in terms of national championships, I think you look at the blue blood programs. Uh, Kentucky is going to be a contender. They year in year out be a step up this year are really, really they, good. Yeah. They've been kind of riding right there, not quite being good enough. I think this year they're going to be good enough. I think they're really going to be a, one of the top dogs. And, and look, I, I like Tom Izzo. I, here's the thing in college basketball. I think college basketball is one of the few sports where I'm not saying coaching doesn't matter in other sports, but it's heightened in college basketball. You look at the people that are always seemingly at the top and competing. It's the Tom Izzo's. It's the Mike Krzyzewski's. It's the Tony Roy Williams. It's Roy Williams. It's it, it's the same people. Um, I, I would like to see. I'm interested to see what Texas A&M does. I hope they lose, but <laughs> I'm betting they have a pretty good season. Um, and I bet all their kids get approved for transfers because they're leaving Virginia Tech, and the NCAA probably celebrates that. But notice, Kerry Blackshear didn't have to wait a year. That was interesting. Um, but he's a grad grad transfer too. But yeah, whatever. I don't care. There's no rules anymore. 
Also, there's new rules that I don't fully understand, and the grad transfer is one that I'm getting more and more in touch with. But yeah. Also, it, he's dead to me. Also, he's dead to me. I hope Florida gets. Yeah, he said his name. So, um, how about any dark horses? You have any? I got one. Yeah, I saw yours. It's interesting. Shoot yours. I'm Georgia. Yeah. Georgia. Tom Crean's there. He used to coach in Indiana. Oh, I've got um, one. Go ahead with yours, though. They're getting a bunch of recruits in there. Georgia might be, it might be a year early for me to say Georgia. I might repeat this in a year <laughs> um, if this podcast exists in a year. Uh, but yeah, Georgia is that team I'm kind of watching to see what happens. Uh, the SEC, you can pop up real quick. You got Kentucky and then a wide open field. I think Florida's strong this year, but they're not always strong. So I think Georgia's going to be in that next little group and probably make some noise against some of the top dogs at different times. Maybe not Kentucky, but against Florida, I bet they do. Uh, so watch that. Texas A&M is also in that SE, but Georgia, I think, is going to be that team to watch this year and probably next year. Uh, that's my kind of my dark horse team that'll be making some noise. I like Tom Crean. Um, my dark horse, you know what? He's like really, he's like, his wife is like a Harbaugh or something. It's going to sound, yeah. Um, no one's perfect, but, um, it's going to sound similar to yours. And I don't even, I just think they're going to be a lot better than they were last year because they've matured Georgetown. Give me the Hoyas. I like the Hoyas. I want to see Mac McClung and those guys. I know. I want to see Mac McClung and those guys rattle off some wins in the big East. I wonder if he's still short haired or long haired. I wonder if he grew it back. I don't know. Who cares? Just win. (laughs) Just I watched a lot shots. of Georgetown last year, and I'll watch it this year. Well, you know, that's a good point to bring up. Georgetown with Mac on that team. Yeah, he's not a local kid, but he played against local teams. Uh, interesting for us to watch. But Marshall with Darius there. Um, we have Monmouth with Jarvis, who's getting a lot of pub up there. Mm-hmm. I think they have a lot of hopes for Jarvis Vaughn. So best of luck uh, to him up there. And then even the more local schools, uh, you know, I know EMU has local guys. Um, a lot of Mary local Baldwin. teams have it. So. Mary Ball yeah, on the girls side on the girls side for uh, the gap girls are there. And uh, so, yeah, a lot of fun stuff to watch this NCAA basketball season. It's a great time of year. I don't usually dive fully into it until uh, January just because of football. But this year with those early ACC games um, and, and that open weekend, that opening week, I usually do pay a lot of attention because they have the, the big uh, legends tournament. I think this year it's in Madison Square Garden where Duke and Michigan State and Kentucky and all those teams are there. Um, I usually watch that, but all those ACC games happen at the beginning of the year that will be interesting. Like you said, we have Clemson. Um, so, yeah, that'll be a fun start to the season. And, uh, yeah, come January, we'll be talking about it fully every single week, and we look forward to it. Yep, should be a good year. All right, let's get to the D block. All right, uh, back into the D block now. We don't have anyone to thank for coming on this week. Almost did, um, but I thank ourselves. You know, we, yeah, we, we did, did a, a good job. job in that segment. Yeah, we did a great job. And if you're a JMU listener wondering why we didn't talk about you, you don't have college basketball on the men's side. So watch women's basketball on your men's team. I don't care what the media tells you; they're going to be horrible. They're going to suck. Uh, so, Leland, what is dominating your life? Uh, I, I once again live in the woods. And it's something mm-hmm. I grew up doing. I lived right in the heart of some woods, and it was weekends full of leaf blowing. That was the only way to keep the grass alive. And uh, so moving into the new house, I was prepared for this mentally. I knew it was going to happen. It's less than what I had growing up, so I, I thought it would be good. Um, 
but you know, I have a new leaf blower. Uh, you know, listener Ron has has used me and my leaf blowing ability in the past, and I actually nearly died uh, on his roof with my leaf blower one time, mm-hmm. and the and the blower did die. Uh, so uh-huh. he was there for that. Um, never charged him back for that. I, I should probably you know send an invoice for what happened there. But anyway, <laughs> got a new blower. Uh, got a new blower. Uh, I've been blowing. It's like my new toy. That's how old I know I am. It's like. I'm just excited that I have this steel blower backpack blower to get rid of these leaves. I actually blew my driveway off tonight in the dark. Um, just cause I'm just for I'm fun. A, I'm a 60 year old man now. So that's where it is. So that's those fun. have been dominating my life. Um, I, I don't love the fall. It's when everything dies. I like the sports of fall, but I don't love the season as much. All right, I, like shorts. <laughs> I like shorts and uh, warm weather. And I, just it reminds me I'm gonna be shoveling soon too, and I think that was a rant last year about shoveling. So uh, that's where I'm at with my life, but it's been it's it's been good. Uh, I'm enjoying learning about the new house, and uh, that's all part of it. So uh, that the leaves they dominate my life one way or another, mostly on the clean up side. Yeah, I do like fall because it's that perfect weather where I don't have to turn the heat on and I don't have to turn the AC on. So just ride smooth. Um. I like yeah, you're it. sounding like a 60 year old man there too. So I'm just sounding like a man who doesn't <laughs> like to spend money. Yeah. Um, there you go. <laughs> what's dominating my life is the English premier league. We are about a quarter of the way through Liverpool sits on top of the table by six points over Manchester city. Those devils owned by the United Air Emirates. Uh, they are probably going to catch us. They're really good. Um, but we're six points at them. We still have to play them twice. I'm very nervous about those games. But Sunday's game was a little bit of a, a scary moment. We played another one of the big six clubs in Tottenham in the Hotspurs. Uh, we forgot to play soccer in the first minute, and it resulted in Harry Kane getting a header on a ball that ricocheted off off the bar. Our defense switched off. We weren't sticking on him. And he was pretty wide open to put a header back in the net in the first minute of the match. And then we had to play catch-up the rest of the match. Uh, first half... We did better, but we weren't finishing opportunities. Uh, finally, uh, the captain Henderson got through and put a goal in in the 52nd minute, and then we kept pouring it on. It did feel like Liverpool was eventually going to pull that one out, and they did when we got a penalty in the 75th minute, and Mo Salah, the Egyptian king, put it in uh, to give us a 2-1 lead, and we held on to win 2-1 to in that to get a big three points, and again, stay six points ahead of Manchester City uh, and Look, six points, uh, we're not going to win every game. We already haven't. We drew with Man United in a hellish disappointment that that was. But uh, we're going to lose a match somewhere along the line, so it's important to get as many wins as you can and hope Manchester City keeps dropping points when they do. Uh, and this it was a big three points against the Spurs on Sunday. Now I'll tell you what you need to know. Uh, Leland, I don't know if you know this. You have a young one still, but I don't know if this is on your radar yet or not. Uh, apparently, have they have so, changed oh. the alphabet song? Um, this has popped up on my timeline because I have friends with kids and I also have teachers that are, are friends that are teachers. And I listened to it and the caption was, they've changed it and I hate it. And I couldn't agree more. It's horrible. It's stupid. It's unnecessary. This is why this country is going to fall behind and no longer be a superpower is because we have to literally dumb everything down. 
Oh, let's stress that L, M, N, O, and P are separate letters. No, let's just keep it because you know what? Elemento, man. Yeah, let's let's just keep it because somehow, without stressing in the previous alphabet song, every adult has somehow managed to figure out that they're separate letters. I don't know how, but somehow we've managed as a society to figure it out. So maybe we just keep it the way it is and not change it. I hate the new alphabet song. Whoever changed it should be sent to the farthest uh, reaches of Siberia, never to return to this great country, because I'm sure it was someone here that changed it, and I don't like them. Yeah, I actually haven't heard a different version. I know... I know like Sesame Street creates kind of different vibes to Oh, I really hope it wasn't song. the people at Sesame Street. But I mean, I don't think any of those have taken over. I know one of my favorite things and uh if it's not politically correct, I I don't, I don't know how to else do it. It shows up on YouTube this way, but it's the African alphabet with Kermit and it's from like the 70s. It's my jam. It's it's awesome and it's same pace the ABCs. Um, it is awesome. And it's like, like in the jungles of Africa, um, these, these puppets singing and it's awesome. And Kermit's there. It's, it's my jam. I'm going to tweet it. Cause it's like my favorite thing. And I play it for the kids all the time. And, um, and then there's also a disco, uh, D- Grover disco ABCs. And it's, it's not to that same ABC pace and it's fine. I haven't heard that there is just like a new standard for the ABC. I will to be send sung. it to you so you can listen to it and hear how horrible it is. And you can share it with our listeners, but only with the caption that this needs to stop. I will listen to yours if you listen to mine because mine's mm, awesome. I think I've heard yours <laughs> as soon as you you're start talking listen about again it. And it's awesome. That's fine. You have whatever. a minute 57 in your life. You're going to do it. I don't. Um, what do you know that we need to know? <laughs> we have a. We have a we have a podcast based on Augusta County sports. We both have a minute fifty seven. We have no no time, no time. <laughs> I did powerpoints like crazy the other night. <laughs> yeah. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, when we originally recorded this episode, we forgot one very important thing that we know that you need to know, and that is that the Fort Defiance marching band ended up getting their first superior rating at the Vaboda marching assessment since 1999. It's only the second in school history. And if you've ever listened to this podcast before, you might know that the marching bands hold a very special place uh, for me in particular, but Leland loves them as well. Uh, I know I enjoy seeing Fort Defiance's marching band every time we go to Fort Defiance to cover high school football for ESPN 1240 The Boss. This was the first year I got to listen to them play uh, because last year we didn't have any games at Fort Defiance. And the year before, I don't think we covered Fort Defiance all that often. So it was nice to be able to go this year and hear them. I knew from the first time I heard them that they would have a shot at an honor band. Uh, I was surprised to learn they hadn't had one since 1999 uh, because the way this band played and moved marching, I they look like a band that would just regularly be churning out superior ratings at the Voboda State Assessment. But they got one this time. Congratulations, not only from Leland, but also myself on the superior rating at the Voboda State Assessment. And we will be rooting for you once you get into the concert season. Now back to what is dominating Leland's life. The other thing, and this is not a what I know that you need to know, it's more of a dominating my life, but we have a cool tradition in my family. Uh, we started it when Stephanie and I were dating. We'd go on a fall drive. She 
is good with the camera and takes pictures and I'm good at like stopping at that right moment for her to get the good view off the mountain or in between trees um, or just stopping in the middle of the road and pissing everybody off behind us. Okay. So we went and did that this weekend. Uh, that was what I did instead of NFL football. And uh, it was a great time. And we get the little guy. Uh, he was, he was out of the car running around at spots. We went down to Goshen. Um, it was just nice. It was good family time. Uh, and I just kind of wanted to brag about it. It was it, it, after we had a lot going on in our family in the last two weeks, particularly this last week, it was nice to have some good quality time with them. And uh, other than spending some gas money, a pretty cheap and fun way for everybody to have fun. The kids, you know, they, they're starting to be able to remember last year when we went dro- driving and yeah, daddy, you told us that story last year when we drove by that place. Like, so uh, it, it's, 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 you're going to have to mix up the it's soundtrack, fun. huh? Yeah. And we need to stop driving the same roads. Apparently we took the, pretty much the same track here and I thought we had done that for like three years, but uh, the kids are getting to be able to remind me of what I forget quickly. So, uh, but no, it, it was fun. It was good. Um, uh, you know, kind of drove down through where my great grandparents used to have a farm uh, in Rocky in Rockbridge County. And uh, there's a, a bridge named after my great granddad. And so we got a sign in front of that. And my, two thirds of my name is is, is on that bridge. So uh, it's fun to go see that area. And then also we ended up driving through some of my wife's family area. And uh, that was fun, too. And it kind of made the whole weekend uh, full circle. And it was a good time. So I just kind of wanted to brag about um, the good tradition my family has with that and that I really enjoy it actually. Um, even though it's just driving in a car for probably a couple hours, um, it's fun and interesting and it's, it's a good time for everybody. So that's, uh, I guess, humble brag on that one. So, but yeah, it was, it was a good end to the weekend and, uh, but I'm looking forward to this, this week and this, uh, Halloween costumes. I'm sure that'll be a dominate my life next week, uh, with the Halloween stuff, a lot of good sports happening this week. And then Friday, back into football, and uh, we, we're going to have a, the good rivalry game uh, we'll be at for Riverheads and Buffalo Gap. It's always a fun game to cover, um, but then it's we're just getting one week closer to that draft Riverheads game that we've kind of been talking about since about week two of the season. Uh, once we realized, whoa, Stewart's draft really is for real. It's not just Leland telling us uh, they are. So I'm getting pumped about that game here in two weeks and then the playoffs, and uh, we're going to have some good teams in it. So I'm, I'm interested to see what draft and Riverheads, how far they can go. Yeah. All right. So let's get out of here. Make sure you guys are following us on all the different ways to follow us. If you type in at Yak Sports Pod at one of the social media sites, you're probably going to wind up with with us. So make sure you're doing that, following us, interacting with us, emailing us at uh, yaksportspod at gmail.com. Subscribe on Podbeam, Apple, Google, Spotify, and make sure you're telling your friends that we exist. We're talking about Hey, like you're ta- you're thinking about Fort Defiance Volleyball. Make sure those, the people that you know that play on Fort Defiance Volleyball know our podcast exists. We're talking about them because we're big fans of what these good volleyball teams are doing, what these good football teams are doing. And uh, we'll be covering the winter sports coming up as well. So make sure you guys are back with us next week. Subscribe so you don't miss it. And we'll talk to you uh, more when, we, when you hear our voice again. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.